0: Hello and welcome into Exhale with Jake. Whether you're listening to the podcast or whether you're watching this live video, I want to welcome you into this very first lesson of how to stop worrying and how to start living. I've got my book. Look at this old school book that I've got. I'll have to tell you, I don't even remember where I found this book, but it found me without a doubt at a very critical point in my own mental health journey. And uh, I'm excited to walk you through some of the truths that are in this book. It's a book by Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie is the man. Uh, This guy wrote this book in the early, I think it was like 1945. So this is something that um, is a timeless truth. Dale Carnegie inspired Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett paid $100 uh, to sign up for his speaking class, and Warren Buffett said it was the one class that really he would attribute to all of his success. Now, most people know Dale Carnegie uh, from uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, but this is a little-known book of his that is unbelievable, classic, Dale Carnegie. When you're working with Dale Carnegie, what you realize is Dale has this ability to take practical, long, uh, eternal truths and just make them very practical, very practical wisdom. And so I am excited to start walking you through this book. Uh, You can find it on Amazon. It's Because it's such an old book, it's super, super cheap. So check it out on Amazon. I'll put a link below if you're interested in reading the book yourself. But I want to kind of give you the 80-20. And uh, as, as you're watching this, obviously you're interested. You're interested in how to stop worrying and how to start living. And I certainly was too. And one thing that any time that you're moving into any kind of inner work, remember that this has to have a return on investment. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, people always say that you get out what you put in, right? That's like the common thing, but that's actually not true. And it was, uh, it was a book that uh, I'm rereading now, Called The 80 20 Principle. And uh, it's a wonderful book. There was actually a Tim Ferriss uh, episode uh, that he just interviewed. Richard Koch, I believe, is his last name pronounced correctly. But um, it, that's not the case, because what ends up happening is is that it would be nice if what you put into it is what you get out of it. But oftentimes, uh, the 80-20 rule says that about 80% of our results come from about 20% of what we do. So I'm trying to uh, hopefully let you know through this book and everything else that there are some very powerful truths in this, that if you just apply to your life, you'll see a swell that'll come into it. And you don't have to put a lot into it. If you put your effort... And you put your your time into something that actually works, uh, that's going to give you a massive result. And if you're putting yourself into something, you're putting your time and effort into something that's not working, then stop because your return on investment is not good. And it would be nice if what you put into it is what you get out of it. But that's not always the case because what you're putting into uh, sometimes just is not good good uh, good practical wisdom. And so what I love about this is uh, he starts off the book with some rules for the road, and I, I'll, I'll let you read the book, and I'll get, and, and you can read all nine of the rules. But specifically, I want to talk about the first rule. And so he lays out again uh, nine rules, but there's one that he says that is the magic rule. And this magic rule is something that you should apply, whether it's this book or this lesson, to any part of your life because it has a massive, massive impact when you start to apply this rule. And the rule states: have a deep desire to learn and a vigorous determination to stop worrying and start living. In essence, you know, for me, this can be consolidated into one word. It's the desire. It's the desire to imagine yourself living with less worry and living with more life. Because one of the things that you have to start understanding and start to experiencing when you're moving into change is it is emotional. Change is emotional. It's not just thinking. You have to feel the way there. And so what I want you to do is to imagine feeling what it would feel like to stop worrying as much and to start living, because when you can start to feel that feeling in your heart and you can start to feel those emotions, that's motivation. Motivation is emotional. Motivation is not understanding things in your mind. It took me a long time to understand that, and it's something that I'm still having to process, and still having to understand myself is that motivation is not understanding. Motivation is the emotion. So even though this is lesson, think about this, um, imagine emotionally what this would feel like to how to stop worrying and to start living. And so that's why, in my opinion, this is such a great magic rule. So I also want to give you a metaphor that I've been thinking of lately called a recipe metaphor. And what this means is that you can agree and accept the information um, that I'm talking about in this book and what Dell talks about. But what it comes down to is, you can have the best recipe at the top shelf, but until you bring that recipe down and actually cook it, and the key is, is taste it. Until you taste it, you don't actually know if it's a good recipe or not. So this is all about practice. And one thing that I want to emphasize is that these are little recipes that I want you to start cooking and then I want you to start tasting. And if they taste good, you know that they're true because at the end of the day, experience is the teacher. And so I want you to think about that recipe because the great part about recipes are when they work, they always work. Your favorite recipe is always there. If you pull it out and you cook your favorite spaghetti, you're going to get that spaghetti again and you're going to taste it and you're going to be reminded of how good that recipe is. But you're not going to know how good the spaghetti is if it sits at the top shelf and it just stays this recipe. You can look at the recipe and think about how great it would taste, but until you actually taste it. So this is a taste and see kind of thing. I want you to treat it like a recipe that you're going to be moving into your daily, daily life. So lesson one is living in day tight compartments. And I am so excited that he started this book this way. And one thing that I want to start by saying is worry is not new. And the, re- the reason I say that is because this, the book opens with this story about a guy named William Osler uh, back in 1871, quite a long time ago. And he was really struggling to finish his uh, degree in medicine. And he was having a lot of anxiety and a lot of worry about exactly how he was going to build his practice and all the things that he was going to do. Doesn't that sound familiar? This is 1871. Okay, so worry is not new. And so he was crippled by this, and he really had no idea what he was going to do. And uh, I know students today, there's a lot of data and research that talks about how many students, even in college, are just having to go into and checking themselves into the psych ward because they can't handle the worry and anxiety. So we think this is a new problem. It's not. It's been around since the 1870s because this doctor, William Osler, was experiencing it. So he found 21 words in a book that changed his life forever, and it was written by a guy named Thomas Carlyle. And I want to read these 21 words because... Um, You've probably heard variations of this. And one thing about Dale that's so amazing is people take these truths and then they kind of repurpose it. So a lot of this stuff you've probably already heard in modern times, but this all comes from Dale Carnegie and just the genius that he was. So the 21 words that were written were Our main business, our main business is not to see what lies dimly at a distance, but to do what lies clearly at hand. And that is something that is essential in living in daytight compartments. And the greatest part about William Osler was he actually ended up being one of the most successful doctors and individuals in human history, literally. He was uh, organized the famous John Hopkins uh, School of Medicine, was eventually knighted. You know, anytime you're knight, whether you're Sir Sir Elton John, Sir William Osler, life's going pretty well. There was volumes and volumes of books after he passed away, that were written about him. And so uh, he's done well. And it all kind of ties back to this one experience that he came up with, this day tight tight compartments. When he came up with it, he was on a ship traveling. And uh, he was sitting with the captain. And the captain would simply press a button, and certain parts of the ship would kind of shut off from each other, and it would create these watertight compartments. And so I want to read you out um, one of my favorite parts of what he says about this. So Dr. Osler was giving a speech at Yale, and this is kind of where he came up and told the story about the daytight compartment. So I want to read this to you. This is him addressing uh, kids at Yale. He says, Now each one of you is a much more marvelous organization than the great liner, which is the ship, and bound on a longer voyage. What I urge is that you so learn to control the machinery as to live with daytight compartments as the most certain way to ensure safety on the voyage. Get on the bridge, And see that at least the great bulkheads are in working order. Uh, Touch a button and hear at every level of your life the iron doors shutting out the past, the dead yesterdays of your life. Touch another and shut off with a metal curtain the future. "...the unborn tomorrows. Then you were safe, safe for the day. Shut off the past. Let the, let the dead bury its dead. Shut out the yesterdays, which have lighted fools the way to dusty death. The load of tomorrow, added to that of yesterday, carry today, makes the strongest falter. Shut off the future as tightly as the past. The future is today. There is no tomorrow." And he goes on to say the best possible way to prepare for tomorrow is to concentrate with all of your intelligence, all of your enthusiasm on doing today's work superbly. And I love that um, he talks about this day tight compartment because when we're honest with ourselves— this past and future thing is a fascinating thing. You know, animals, uh, our consciousness is so much different. We can imagine and we can kind of look through our mind's eye of what's happened in our past and we can start to think about the future. And so, really, when you assume uh, looking into the future, a lot of times the fear of the future is what's happened to us in the past. And we're worried that what's happened to us in the past is going to repeat and happen in the future. And so, I love this metaphor. When I was reading this book, I was going through my own kind of anxiety. And I remember thinking, you know, that is really helpful, right? So election day is coming up. I'm not sure when you're watching this, but maybe it's past election day, but it's not today. Okay. Like, and it's one of those things that creates a lot of anxiety for people, but it's one of those, when you can start to live in these day tight compartments, you can start to realize that that's not happening today. And, um, One of my favorite parts is uh, he also talks about, uh, give us this day our daily bread, which is obviously a famous Christian verse, but there's a lot of truth in what he talks about here is because he's saying, give the daily bread today. That's really all I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about what I need to do today, and it also gives you a lot of gratitude because what happens is, is most of the time, if you're serious and you're honest with yourself, you have your daily bread you have what you need. It may not be everything that you need, but what it can develop is a sense of natural gratitude for what you have. And that is a powerful, powerful feeling to have. Gratitude is massive. Where we don't have gratitude is when we look at our daily bread and we're like, yeah, I see my daily bread, but I would really like to have a few more loaves so I could prepare for the future. But that's why he says, um, I I love when he says, uh, give us this day our daily bread, because at the end of of the day. Uh- if you live in these day tight compartments, you realize that most of the time you have what you need. And when you can push all of that worry and anxiety away um, and, and get away from it from the future, you will start to become very productive. And you'll also develop this natural sense of gratitude to say, man, I've got a lot of things that I can be grateful for. And uh, one of the things that he he says too, which is a major caveat, because I know when people say, give no thought to the future, like, how is that possible? Like I have bills to pay. I have, insurance to cover. I have my kids to think about. What he distinguishes in this book, Dale Carnegie says, is there's a difference between thought and anxiety. So there's thinking about the future, which is one thing, and then there's being anxious about the future, which is an entirely different thing. And so um, one of the things that he talks about in the book is, um, Uh, Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for things of itself. Again, this is a verse straight from um, uh, the Bible, and so what he's saying is that you can have thoughts for tomorrow, and you can start to use in these daytight compartments things that you can do about that, but there's a difference between thinking logically about tomorrow and then having anxiety about tomorrow. And um, one of my favorite things that gave me a lot of peace when I was reading this book is there was this guy that was just came back from war, and he was uh, seeing a doctor, and he was just covered up in stress. And uh, the doctor said, I want you to think of two things. The first thing I want you to think about is every day is a new day. And the reason why we don't experience every day being a new day is because we bring the past with us. We bring our past mistakes. We bring our past worries. We bring the things that we haven't done, and we bring that as a load into the present moment. And so it doesn't really feel new. It doesn't feel new because we're like, well, you know, I got all this stuff from yesterday that's in my life. But it's it's that concept of a beginner's mind that he's talking about. And if you can learn to start treating each day as new, especially if you can live in a day-tight compartment, because you don't have to get tomorrow, right? And you probably didn't get yesterday right, but today's today. And you can start to begin anew and look at every day as being new, as a new chance to start living and stop worrying, as a way to say, I have concerns of the future, but today's a new day. I'm going to have a new mindset. I'm going to have a new way to approach today. And one of the last things that uh, he talks about that I just love, this metaphor, is um, he's talking, uh, Dale's talking about this doctor um, that was talking to this patient, and uh, he tells the patient, I want you to think of your life as an hourglass. You know, there are thousands of grains of sand in the top of the hourglass, and they all pass slowly and evenly through the narrow neck in the middle. Nothing you or I could do would make... Uh, More than one grain of sand pass through this narrow neck without impairing the hourglass. You and I and everyone else are like this hourglass. When we start in the morning, there are hundreds of tasks which we feel that we must accomplish that day. But if we do not take them one at a time and let them pass through the day slowly and evenly, as do the grains of sand passing through the narrow neck of the hourglass, then we are bound to break our own physical and mental structure. This is a beautiful metaphor to think that every single moment is like a grain of sand coming through the hourglass one at a time, one at a time. And what he says by this is that you can have no anxiety because you're just taking it one grain of sand at a time, one task at a time. You're not going to be able to do a hundred tasks in the present moment. And when you start to find this interesting space of presence in the present moment, you're going to realize that that's all there really ever is. All there really ever is, is the present moment. But oftentimes we think forward or we think in the past, and one of my favorite things is... um, is is, is remem- reminding myself that if I can find the present moment and I can stop worrying as much and kind of live in this daytight compartment, it always, always naturally calms me. And so this is the last thing that I want to hit, because I think it's really, really a, uh, a beautiful um, metaphor. And he talks about um, this uh, conversation that... Um, is about the procession of life, and this is a little bit more esoteric, but I think it's really important, and uh, how at times um, we can forget the big picture. So we've been talking about day-type compartments, but I think for this last part of the video, I want to talk about the big picture. And this is a, 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 a something that he says in the book. He says, how strange it is, our little procession of life. The child says, when I'm a big boy, but what is that? The big boy says, when I grow up, and then grown up, he says, when I get married. But to be married, what is that after all? The thought changes to when I'm able to retire, and then when retirement comes, he looks back over the landscape traversed, a cold wind seems to sweep over it. Somehow he has missed it all, and it is gone. Life, we learn too late, is in the living in the tissue of every day and every hour. Life is in the living. That is a powerful, powerful statement. And uh, what he says at the end of this book is to shut the iron doors on the past and the future... And live in these day tight compartments by understanding and tying it to your largest picture that says, I don't want to be at the end of my life and have missed it. Because, you know, I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old and my six-year-old's like, I can't wait till I grow up. And I, and I want to push that back. But I understand exactly where that's coming from, because I was the same way. And you are too. Right now, there's something that you're moving towards. I know that you're moving towards it. And you're thinking, just once I can get that, I'll be fine. But life is... Is in the living. And so I've hoped that you've enjoyed um, uh, this this lesson from this book. It is a beautiful, beautiful book. And again, remember the recipe metaphor. This is not meant to be like, oh, this is great. Now start to write out in your journal whatever you have to write with. Spend the next three to five minutes after this video um, thinking through how you can start to incorporate some of these ideas in your life. Think about, do you spend a lot of time Uh, obsessing about the future? Do you spend a lot of time feeling the regrets of the past? And then sometimes it helps me to draw. So draw that hourglass and think about life coming through each grain of sand at a time, moment to moment. And you're going to notice that your nervous system starts to calm because we have so much anxiety and so much worry, and it gets stored in our body. But our bodies are literally serving our minds. And so if you're feeling a lot of anxiety and you're tired all the time, That's coming from your mind being everywhere but here. And once you start to find that present moment and start to approach your day, just living in daytight compartments, just today, give me the daily bread today. I'll worry about the daily bread tomorrow, but today I've got my daily bread. I got gratitude for what I have, and I'm going to spend every ounce of intellect, every ounce of passion and energy on this day, because if I do that, then I know that my tomorrows will be taken care of. You don't have control over what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't really have control anymore of what happened in the past. The only thing that you have is to shut it off. Literally imagine a steel curtain from your past and your future, and you're just boxed in. This is one place where it's good to be small-minded. This is one place where it's good to have a boxed-in mindset. You should have that. And just treat today. Release that anxiety and treat today as a way that you can start to learn how to live in day-tight compartments and most of all can learn how to stop worrying and start living. I'll be back soon with lesson two from this book. Uh, Again, check out the link below. You guys can uh, go and grab this book. It is a great, great book, and I hope it brings you some peace from all of the worry that we're going through in today's times. Peace and love, friends. Talk to you soon.